I'm Susan Gerbic, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 380. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Anniko Harrison and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Hallo! Hey son, hey son! Three is everyone. Three eighty. That's a lot. Yeah. That lot of lot of. It's a big number. It is a big mm-hmm. number. It's it's. It means that we've been doing this for ages. Ages. <laughs> twenty fifteen. Yeah. November twenty fifteen is when we started doing this podcast. Right. My hair is grey now. <laughs> well, my hair is fallen off now. So yeah, uh, see what this does. <laughs> Don't go into podcasting, people. This is it's terrible for you. <laughs> I still have a lot of hair and it's not grey, so... <laughs> yeah, but, good for yeah. you, good for you. But you, you've, <laughs> you haven't been with us for long enough to do, for, for that yeah, to happen. Yeah, it needs to be beyond three years, then, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> then the hair yeah. starts falling. Wait until we get through that point. <laughs> which, will, which will come up this year, basically. I don't mm. know if you knew, ah, but yeah, okay. three years will come up soon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of grey hair, well, I'm afraid we have to mention the tragedy, the loss to the whole world of Tina Turner, right? Ah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It does have a European angle because she's been living in Switzerland since 2013. So she died a Swiss citizen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because of her husband, Edwin Bach, whom she married then. And, uh, well, by the time she was married, it was already known that she had serious health issues, including hypertension, which she was diagnosed with in 1978. And it was Ooh. not treated. And that was a big, big issue. And especially, and this is according to her own autobiography, uh, My Love Story, it, it's uh, it's called, and it was uh, released in 2019. And she did mention there that she replaced taking blood pressure medication with homeopathy. With homeopathy? With homeopathy, that's correct. Oh, damn. That's not medication. And it's not. And uh, she told the story of how she later grew to regret that decision. She she said, and I quote, the consequences of my ignorance ended up being a matter of life or death. If Mm. I hadn't discontinued the medication, if, 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 a small decision, but one that would continue to haunt me. Eventually, that led to her uh, kidney issues, and she did have a kidney failure, uh, which was uh, dealt with in the form of dialysis. And mm-hmm. uh, but but then she really needed a transplant, and she got her transplant from her partner, her husband, which is really a true love story, I think. Yeah, so. Yeah. It does have a European angle. It does have a skeptical angle because this is a great example. I mean, a terrible example as well of what the harm is. People often ask, what's the harm in taking homeopathy? This is the harm. Mm 
If you take it instead of something that has been proven to work, you're going down the wrong way. Yeah. yeah. She she still lived up to the nice age of 83, but still, uh, she could have lived even further. And uh, Yeah, I, I think she was sick for a few, quite a few years before she yes, died as well. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. She did have a stroke as well, right a couple of weeks after their wedding. Oh, she did have to learn how to walk again. So, yeah, terrible, terrible issues. But uh, that was a result of her untreated high blood pressure as well, probably. This is what to keep in mind, people. Uh, Even Mm -hmm. great, great legends like Tina Turner cannot Mm -hmm. avoid making bad decisions when it comes to health. Please don't do homeopathy. It's rubbish. So how can we combat nonsense and misinformation? In a way of, for example, going to QED. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And there's a really cool thing happening, and that's called the QED Attendance Fund. And we'll put the link in the show notes. And the QED Attendance Fund is open to anyone who is not, or yeah, who might not be able to afford to attend. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're on low income. I really, really like that. Uh, it's very inclusive. Just read through it. Applications will be open until 15th of August. And you can donate to this as well, right? You can. So you can donate to it. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's also on the website we put in the show notes. And you can also <laughs> apply to it. So yeah, it's really awesome. I can only applaud the team for that, the Skeptics in the Pub online team and also the QED team for that. So yeah, awesome. I really applaud that. I really like it. And yeah, just... Yeah. Uh, because we want as many people as possible to go to QED. Yes. It is a fantastic event. We it's will a- be there. Of course, we will be there. Mm-hmm. Can't keep us away. You can't keep us there. Yeah. Un- unless we get COVID. <coughs> but uh, but otherwise, they can't keep us away. And uh, nobody should keep you away as well. And just one more thing when it comes to QED, there will be a Skeptic Camp Manchester as well, right That's beforehand. True. And it's very professional. Skeptics in the Pub Online has put out the application form. And the deadline for submitting applications is Monday, the 10th of September. So they are collecting applications for those talks, the very short. 10-minute long talks and very interesting and it's a it's a great community that usually comes together and uh, yeah do submit your applications if you if you have a great topic to talk about absolutely uh all right this week we are having an interview to deliver to our listeners and we haven't had susan gerbic on the show for a long while so we thought it's about time we <laughs> it's about time to have Susan on the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Get some updates on what she's up to. We used to have interviews very often on this show. So this week we are happy to have Susan Gerbic back on the ESP. Welcome back, Susan. Hello, everybody. It's so great to hear you. Finally, Woo-hoo. after you guys have been traveling all over the world. My gosh, I've been sitting and listening to you guys, super jealous that I couldn't go. Yeah, well, (laughs) you have done your fair share of traveling as a skeptic yourself, but we hope to see you again in person very, very soon. So just for um, the, the part of our listenership who don't know who you are and where they could have known you from, what can you tell us about yourself, just quickly? 
Well, I'm Susan Gerbeck, and I am a skeptical activist. I guess you could call me a science activist. And I am known for many things, one of which is the Wikipedia project that I run, GSOW. Also, I am very active in a lot of other uh, activism kind of things throughout throughout the history of our community in the last 10 years, at least, maybe 20 years. I don't know. I, I do conference talks. I do stuff sometimes, you know. I don't know. Yeah, you keep very busy. We know that, Susan. Yes. Try. And very I importantly, try. To, very importantly to us, we consider you the godmother of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> one of my one of my big successes. <laughs> yeah, because you don't you laugh. basically brought us together. So I uh, did. We we I introduced are... you guys to each other and mm. forced you yeah. guys to get out from whatever it was you were doing and said, "I think you should do something more." That um, I must have done that. I'm sure it was it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is exactly how our memories work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because <laughs> we, we fabricate stuff, but yeah. but, but we, you did you did bring us together. That's for sure. And uh, yeah. we are eternally grateful for. Yeah. And Annika for joined because she was yeah. part of my GSOW team, and yeah. um, she's just been great. I've been watching her grow and become <laughs> a you. more active um, skeptic. It's been wonderful. Mm. And then she's bringing along this new little skeptic. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. So, Susan, you just mentioned again GSOW, and earlier you mentioned Wikipedia. That's the same project. So, what is that yeah. all about, and and what's new? Oh yes. Okay. So, anybody who's been listening has probably heard me on the show one or two times talking about the Wikipedia project. It's Grill Skepticism on Wikipedia. It's a little over ten years old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and what we do is we are trying to we're attempting to rewrite Wikipedia in all languages possible, concerning science, scientific skepticism, claims of the paranormal, in an effort to re-educate or to be there for people who are looking for information. And we've been, you know, fairly successful. We're the only team out there that does this. As far as I know, I think we're one of the only teams that is multilingual in um, a lot of projects in the world of scientific skepticism. And we've written just over 2,000 pages. Well, 45% of everything we do is in languages outside of English, which is important to me. Mm -hmm. And those 2,162 pages we've written so far have 139,799,692 page views as of this morning. So Wow. We've been pretty successful. We've written in mm -hmm. lots of languages. One of the things that's unique to GSOW is we have our own training program. And we are able to train people to become wonderful Wikipedia editors. And we, once you're trained, you're able to do whatever you want to work on. For example, Andras has written 16 pages. Hmm. And those 16 pages have been viewed... Just under a hundred thousand times, nine hundred and fifteen thousand three hundred and thirty-four times. Don't forget that it's uh, mostly in Hungarian. Oh yeah, your most viewed page, the page that has had the most page views. Oh Lord, don't make me say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's measles. Is it measles? Okay, okay. Yeah, so you rewrote the Wikipedia page for measles. Well, I added in important, important information to that. Re uh, you rewrote it and fixed it. Yeah. So now it's yeah, a beautiful exactly. page. It's been written 400, it's been read or at least viewed 400,000 times. 
So that's a big deal. I mean, that's a lot of information that you did. You created that in 2015. So no wonder you don't remember what it was. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, 5G was another one that you did that was really popular. 119,000 times it's been viewed. And some guy that I won't even try to pronounce his name starts with a G. His last name starts with a G. And that's got almost 150,000 page views. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. know who that is? Say his name. I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> That's why you, you put it, it on Wikipedia because you don't have to remember. Later, you can just look it up and see all the information. You yeah, wrote it not, in 2020. It's not only that you educate the world in your sleep, but you educate <laughs> your world without you even remembering it. So it's, <laughs> it's a guy with a big beard. Guy with a big beard. Yeah. Okay, I'm translating. He's 58 years old. He's Hungarian. Pharmacy degree, 1989, in the Faculty of Pharmacy. In the following year, he graduated from veterinary pharmacology. Okay, here's this Hungarian media personality, multiple champion bodybuilder, American football player, strength and fitness coach. Oh, Gödén George, Gödén George. Yes, I, I, that it was, was almost going to that say that was actually <laughs> something I did. What I learned from you, Susan, it's what the gorilla part of the project stands for when we were preparing for the campaign to fight that guy in the media for his stupid anti-covid and anti-vax sentiment along with a couple of other prominent figures of the anti-vax movement in hungary we did that so when the people hearing our opinion about him on media they go online, they see the content on Wikipedia, and they are driven to the skeptical side of things and the skeptical argument. Mm -hmm. So that's um, the guerrilla action that we took, and I learned mm -hmm. it from you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. And I always feel that we have to mention this when, when we talk about this in these terms, that GSOW always follow the rules of Wikipedia. Exactly. We yes. never plant false information there. We can't do that. It, it's all correct information. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, we follow the rules. The important part is that you put the information out there so people can find it. Yeah. Right, and 150,000 people have viewed that page. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot. Well, cool. So that's in that's an education. That's great. Can, can we mention Annika? Please do. <laughs> I think I only did two pages. <laughs> You've done three pages. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> One in German and two in English. <laughs> and you're at 92,000 views already. Wow. Mm. That's a lot. It's almost 100,000 views. That's a lot yeah, of views. Yeah, if it's only three pages, then that's still that's a, a lot. That's a lot, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, you write about people. The three you've written are people. Yeah. <laughs> and that's wonderful. I'm a people person. <laughs> She's a people person. And how yeah. do you so, have all you know, that information, Susan? So what, what, what helps you keep an eye on, on what's going on? So what we do is we have a some software that was designed by data skeptic Kyle Polish, who has written this thing for me that allows me to be able to input all the pages that we have made major contributions to, or we've completely written. And it just, some magical fairy somewhere just adds it up in some computer program, so I'm told. I don't really know how this stuff works. It just... I wake up and there it is. <laughs> Numbers have changed. Fantastic. <laughs> it's like magic. <laughs> I don't know anything about this kind of stuff. No, I do know that we are. We have been tracking our page views for years now. So it gives us a good idea of how we're succeeding. What is what areas are spiking all the time? We'll find uh, 
some Wikipedia pages all of a sudden got a massive spike. And it's because they've been mentioned in the news somewhere, you know, or one of the Kardashians, I guess, is, has uh, tweeted about it or something, you know, like cupping <laughs> therapy or something like that. And you're like, well, let's see, where has this wow. been used in the news lately? And it's somewhere. Fantastic project uh, mm -hmm. you run. Did you come up with the idea yourself, Susan, or what, what happened? And how many people are involved in doing this? Well, we, I was on a, a James Randi Educational Foundation cruise um, years ago, 2010, and Tim Farley, who was this person who did a lot of stuff with software tools, and he had a little, little lecture he gave on the importance of improving Wikipedia. And he was trying to get people to just come in and make changes and things. Nothing formal, just everybody should edit Wikipedia because it's important. And I took notes and then tried, attempted to um, start editing. I didn't know what I was doing. And back in 2010, the rules and the software for Wikipedia were not quite the wild, wild west, but it wasn't um, is easy to edit back then. I mean, you still had to code. I mean, you had to like keep putting little triangles and bars and, and backward slashes and forward slashes and dots and stuff like that. It was a code. Now it's a template. You just click on a button and it pops up. But back in the day, it was a lot harder. So I just started editing and almost got banned because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, <laughs> And then over time, people, you know, I'd post on Facebook and say, hey, I just did this. This is great. And somebody said, how'd you do that? Can I do that? Show me what you did. And so eventually we just turned into kind of a team. Um, we operate completely on Facebook right now. We have a secret cabal. And so anybody who wants to train with us has to <laughs> approach me on Facebook. And I need their username on Wikipedia. So they have to open an account. I want their email. And then they have to go through a pre-training, which is about two hours worth of editing. And then after that, they have had a taste of what GSOW is all about. And they make a decision. And I make a decision looking at their work they've done, if they would be a good fit for the team. We have about 100 people. Um, at any point, maybe 15 or 20 people are active and um, editing. And then sometimes people edit for you know a few months, and then we don't hear from for a while, and then they come back and they edit again. But it's just, um, oh, it's it's better than arguing with people on the internet, which yeah. I find a waste of time. Just mm -hmm. absolutely waste yeah. of time. Much more useful, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Educating yeah. the world in your sleep. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how many different languages are you active in? Um, well, we're not active necessarily um, in a lot. Well, huh? we've done... Oh, we've got 367 pages in Afrikaans, <laughs> which is kind I'm of like I'm pretty sure that most of them was were done by uh, Leon. One editor, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. So he just was prolific. And then we've got one in Arabic, and we've got 113 in, in Czech. And we found that editor, uh, Pavel, from the ESP. He joined us from this podcast himself. Yeah. The ESP has been really wonderful to us, um, getting editors who are non-English, who are going to edit in languages outside of English. And Pavel has 113 pages, as I said, and 300,000 views. Wow. So that's been wonderful. We found, mm -hmm. I think wow. we got Annika from this podcast also, right? Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and well, then, yeah. um, I'd like to send a message to Pavel because I know for a fact that he's listening. Yeah. Congrats, man. You're doing a great job. 
and please help us recruit others. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need we need these people. And then you know, it's just been hit and miss. Um, I mean, we have some in Slovenian. Uh, we have ten in Russian, one in Romanian. 58 in Portuguese, 36 in Polish. Oh, Adam, I think we got Adam from the mm-hmm. European Skeptic. Yes, Adam is a friend of the show. Adam's yeah. going to be going to QED, too. That's going to be awesome. wonderful. Awesome. Yes. So, we, should, we should take a photo there, then. Yeah, you better be <laughs> taking photos. So, yeah, he's got a million views already on his Polish wow. Wikipedia pages he's written. Great. You know, some languages have more views than others, you know, because, you know, how many people are going to view a page in English versus a page in Polish or in Czech? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. The page views, you know, I mentioned the page views, but that's not really all that important to me because it's just getting people to do um, things that they're inspired to do, you know, yeah. write about subjects that they're inspired to. And you never know who you're going to be educating. I mean, there's children all over Europe that are probably plagiarizing our Wikipedia pages for their school projects, which is great because I want them to have good information. <laughs> so what? That's what's happening. Well, they get sure busted they get as well. I, just as a side point, my son, a couple of years ago, when mm-hmm. he was a little bit younger and uh, didn't really know that I wasn't allowed, he copied something that I had written on the Swedish skeptics. It wasn't <laughs> Wikipedia. And he handed that in to school and I got a phone call from the teacher saying that, hey, Looks like um, your son has uh, sent in something that you have written. <laughs> and uh, so your we had to have a serious talk. You. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's learning from the best, but not in the best <laughs> way. <laughs> On Wikipedia, it had been fine as long as he had just, you know, said this is from and he put your name. Yeah, yeah. He should have put the source in. Yes. Yeah, if he puts a source in, that's fine. But we just... We can't have people have opinions on Wikipedia. That's that's uh, a no no. No. Are there are there any specific languages in which you desperately need editors? Everything. I mean, absolutely that, everything. That We're trying to change that... the entire Wikipedia world of Wikipedia. Oh yeah, my gosh! Yeah, we, uh, everything. That's, that's all about world domination, and I know, but um, well, yeah, that. But there are countries with that. very large number of speakers. Like there is Germany, there is France, there are other big, big countries. How are we doing with those? And that there are smaller countries like the Baltic states. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone from the Baltic states? That's Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think I have anybody from. No, I have Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. No, none, zero, zippo, zero, nothing, absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's been you know we are in such dire straits Mm -hmm. to get editors that will edit i mean in italian my gosh italian we only have 16 Mm. that's pretty sad german seven (laughs) seven (laughs) and uh, three of those are yours you mean seven pages or seven editors pages seven pages yeah how many italian editors have you got I have one Italian editor. Ay, ay, ay. And she's not even active hardly at all anymore. And, and I think she I came have, from the ESP. I have done a little bit of editing in Italian as well, but it's it's just very occasional. And I didn't even send it to you because it was so minor that I yeah. that well, my contribution. We only, we only count pages that have been extremely changed. Over yeah, yeah. 50% of the changes yeah, yeah. have done sure. as or written. I mean, Hungarian, we only have 19 pages done mm. so yeah we're we're just at yep. the beginning and you know it's it's a long ways in english we've written 1127 pages so even that is small mm-hmm. so we're just as a massive as the gsow project is as incredible our goals are we're just at the very beginning i i mm. have uh 
great need for editors. And you don't have to edit, you know, all day, every day for the rest of your life. But it does take, it is a process. I mean, we teach you to become an editor and that's four months to become a Wikipedia editor at least. So, but we want to make sure you're following the rules. We want to make sure you know how to do it correctly. So we're not just throwing you in. You're going to be, I'm going to hold your hand through the whole way. And I do all the training too, which Mm -hmm. is fun. I love training people. And I do that Mm -hmm. over, I do that over Facebook Messenger usually. Mm-hmm. And what I also like really liked about it is that at the beginning when I started with the skeptical movement, I was pretty shy. Like you won't believe it, <laughs> but uh, but I was, and I was like, I really want to be active, but I don't want to actually like go to people, talk to people. <laughs> like I also was like shy and and humble, and I was like, oh, I don't I don't know that much stuff, and I'm not that smart and stuff. Like that's what what you tell yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and. GSOW helped me to A, become uh, less shy, (laughs) but B, also, like, I could do stuff on my computer without having to talk to people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's a really good way to be active without having to be, like, on the forefront, so to say. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, there was a very important thing that you mentioned, that the the lack of having that kind of self-confidence, and you you say that I I don't have the knowledge to contribute, but it's not necessarily true. So Mm -hmm. part of editing Wikipedia is about doing your research in a certain thing. And by doing your research, this is a classical Google search. <laughs> so it's not, it's like, it's like, like you have to be factual. You have to find the proper sources. You have to find the right information. But that's a, an important process. And in that, as a skeptic, you have an advantage. If you start out as a skeptic, you don't necessarily have to be an expert in something. If you start out as a skeptic, you will be very thorough in finding the right information. And mm-hmm. that's that's what really matters. And uh, the the other thing is Susan's training is amazing. So it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of fun it's, as well. It is fun. But uh, yeah, but it's a social community that you is, built up as is. well. Yeah, it's a secret cabal. And uh, it is a cabal. Yes, and is not that secret because we're talking about it right now, right? Yeah, and but all it is the impenetrable. Time. You can't go into my cabal without me allowing you into the cabal. Yeah, yeah. there is no don't, secret don't handshake. We even have, don't we even have a couple? Yeah, we have a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got nice. all kinds of we nice. have all kinds of information. But my ulterior motive, as you probably know, is not to just write Wikipedia pages or you know educate people that way. It is all about the people. It's finding people. It's mm-hmm. finding people like yourselves who may be feeling like they're alone or they're living in an area where there's not a place where you can go to skeptics groups or whatever, or you don't have the money to be attending conferences all over the world or whatever. I'm trying to find those people, people who are doers, people who mm-hmm. want to do more, who are kind of tired of being an armchair skeptic, somebody who's just hanging out, you know, reading books, podcasts, and so on, and want to engage and be more active and like it. Annika said, where they're not confronting people face to face, you're not going out and doing stings or, you know, protesting or anything like that. You can do your activism from home with a cat or a dog or whatever. And that's what I'm looking for. And then those people don't always stay with GSOW editing all the time. A lot of people will go on to other projects like you guys did with this podcast, or you're writing for Skeptical Inquirer or other magazines, or you are 
you know, doing other kinds of activism that I can't even imagine right now because there's so many wonderful things that people do once they start getting connections to other people who are like-minded. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get groups back together and to get people more engaged and active. And I'm all I'm trying to do is be more of a mentor, sending people back out into the world. People join mm-hmm. GSOW, I train them up, and then in the process, they meet other people. And then they will tell me, I'd like to do this, or I would like to do that, or I have this idea for a project. And I say, well, how about you meet this person? That's a good person to help you with it. Or why don't you do this? Or here's some good resources. I'm just kind of like a hub a skeptical hub to help people <laughs> on their path to do whatever it is that they want to do in the first place. Or yeah. some people just stay in GSOW and edit, and then that's great. I'll yeah. take them. Oh, great. So as impressive as GSOW <laughs> is, it's not your only project. So, uh, no. Susan, tell us, what else are you doing? Well, I can change hats real quickly. So one of yeah. the things, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys today, I mean, I, I, I'm happy to come on the show every, every week, every, every day, if you want me to, I can be here. But my point is <laughs> the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys is because I've been working as the ambassador for Center for Inquiry. Now they are an organization, the biggest organization in all of the uh, world of organized uh, scientific skepticism. And also they do humanism and the secular side there. But they are located mostly in the United States, but we're not focused just on the United States. What they're doing is they've asked me to come and start becoming more, how do I say this? They kind of had a loose way of saying it to kind of encompass just whatever it means. It took me months to find what the problem is. You know, our community is fractured. The pandemic did nothing to help it. And a lot of groups that were on weak legs, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of them have disappeared. They're just gone. And a few have survived and they might be even stronger because they embraced technology. They did Zoom meetups and they did um, talks online and, you know, just embraced the community by being online. But what we're finding is we're going to have to start coming back in person. And um, there's something about meeting up with people in person, like whenever Andras and uh, Pontus met for the very first time, when they met me at that conference at QED, and I said, let's go to McDonald's. And we sat down at a table, and that's where you guys met. So being in person is just phenomenal. We really do mm-hmm. need to see each other. I mean, Annika and Scotty and I went to a museum in Frankfurt, in Frankfurt. right? Yeah. Frankfurt, yeah. And hung out and sat and <laughs> looked at the exhibits and stuff. I was there, too. Oh, that's Andrew right. Andrew was there too, yeah. And, and oh, I forgot about that. You will be. I was the one I, driving you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He sure was. Okay. Andras was there. Yeah. And, and being in person is important. Yeah. Well, so, so what I'm trying to do is, like I said, it took us months. I'm working with a man at Center for Inquiry named Eric. And they just hired him recently, well, a year ago. And we're trying to understand the problem. What is going on? Why is everything so fractured? Why is it so hard to get skeptics to come together? Not only just in a group, like to have coffee or a beer with somebody, but just in general, why do they not join groups? Why why are we just (laughs) fractured? Why do groups break up? All this kind of stuff. There's so much going on. Anyway. So we have, and I will, this is going to be in your show notes. 
Um, I'll give you some links. But what we've been doing is we've been trying to get some of the groups to affiliate. So what that means is, you know, it doesn't cost any money or anything like that. But it means that you're organized with the goals of Center for Inquiry, which, of course, you know, um, all the skeptic groups are. And what we want them to do is we want to give them resources, how to help them to be a better organization. What are your struggles? What is it that's going on? Do you have problems finding speakers? Are you not sure how to, if you should collect money like memberships? What are legal issues you might have? How do you handle unruly people who show up to your Zoom or in-person events? How to have good, um, how to film correctly? How to start a YouTube channel? All the things that are kind of struggles that people come up with. How to create a logo. How do you write a really good event page for for a meetup or a you know a Facebook event? How do you do all that stuff? And there's people have lots of questions. And so what we're doing is we want to be able to help promote your group by having you affiliate so that you're on one website, kind of like what Pontus does with the um, uh, what is that thing you call? You have a website there that's like events in Europe. Skeptical events. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not just me. We we have this ca- calendar, the skeptical calendar that we mm-hmm. have on on the ESP. But it also reminds me of a little bit what we're trying to do in the Swedish skeptics. We have local chapters in some of the other cities, like like we have maybe six of them, and we are trying now to encourage them not just to talk to us at the headquarters if you will that sounds stupid but <laughs> but but also to talk to each other so what we're going to do is organize uh regular zoom meetings where we invite all of them and just have them talk to each other because good ideas spread mm-hmm. and uh, they can share experiences and hints and tips and things a little bit like it sounds like you're trying to do mm-hmm. as well what we're trying to do also is I'm trying to encourage people to start just small, get back to socializing, um, how to have a game night, a trivia night, you know, a skeptics in the pub, go hang out somewhere, maybe just put out a meetup saying, I'm going to go to this museum at this time. I'll be in this area wearing this hat, you know, come and join me and then, you know, go through the museum together or um, attend a lecture together or just Start off small with things like that in locations. Like if you have a large city that is where most people usually meet, well, there's possibly uh, groups outside of that city that are, you know, far enough that they can't get to the main meetings all the time. But maybe three or four or five people would want to gather in a small, small area and, um, you know, once a month or a couple times a month, have something to eat together or, you know, hang out at a pub, listen to a talk. And then maybe every few months go carpool or train pool or whatever it is you guys do there in Europe. You guys are so awesome <laughs> about that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, but- go in and, and see a larger lecture or attend a conference together yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. But anyway, so we have, I'm putting on uh, with Center for Inquiry, I'm putting on different webinars once a month that are talking about a subject. And I bring in people who are so-called experts or have experience in that field in that area. And we're going to talk about what are best practices. Like we had one that was just on how to have a virtual event that's also in person, like a hybrid event, how to film it, how to get the audio right, how to get people to come and show up. And then another one we did was just on local marketing outside of your, your, the skeptic community. So like how to market an event, like somebody's going to be doing a talk at your skeptics and skeptic event. 
how do you market outside of your Facebook or Meetup? So local press and so on. All the things that we're doing are things that any group could use. That doesn't have to be American. It could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. So we're so that's what we've been doing. So I really want to try to encourage people to start meeting up with people in person, um, to approach myself or uh, Center for Inquiry, and um, take advantage of the resources page. We're going to be doing listening sessions, and um, probably I'm going to do five of them, and I'm going to do them in different time zones so that people can join from wherever. And what I'm going to do is have like a, uh, it'll be announced like at this time, show up. I don't know if we're going to want to register people possibly, but hopefully one representative from each group or people who are interested in starting a local group will show up and we can just trade ideas. What are the frustrations we're running into? What is it that we like help on? What should we be doing? I've, I've heard so many questions from people that are, I would think are basic, but they really did have that question. They didn't know where to get the answer for. And because of these listening sessions, I think I'm going to try to do five. We'll, we'll be able to do better webinars and be able to address better, you know, how to handle these problems. So this is something that I really want to talk about on the ESP because I know you guys are really, um, this is an important part of your, your mission. Mm-hmm. is to yeah. help out all the groups. Yeah, well, grassroots activism. Grassroots really, activism, yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to be very formal or you don't have to make a full-time commitment. It doesn't have to cost any money. It's just right. you show up and you see what you can do mm-hmm. and you, you, you add your enthusiasm mm-hmm. to the extent you want to. Right, yeah. right. Everything and everybody goes. has expertise mm-hmm. in different areas. I mean, mm-hmm. some people are really great artists, and they can make a nice logo for somebody. Sure. Somebody might be, you know, a musician, and they create some kind of music for something. There's, we don't know. We don't know what your, your capabilities are until we start meeting you. But really, come on, let's get together and, and uh, grow our community. I want more conferences, and I want larger conferences. And my goal is to get Skeptic Camp started up again. Um, they do one at QED. I know Andras has been involved in that one. Oh, yeah. Um, no, Pontus, Pontus as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we want to start doing more skeptic camps. We want to get that back back in person again. And that's my goal is to start really mentoring people through it because I've done several. So I want to be there as a resource for groups who are trying to get to that level. I think a skeptic camp is the sign of a well, uh, healthy group, a skeptic group. And if you are not at the point where you can do a skeptic camp in your group, I don't think you're healthy enough yet. So if you can do that, that's the OT level eight for Scientology or something. It's like you're at the, <laughs> you're at the highest level if you're, if you're able to do a yearly skeptic camp. I think yeah, yeah. But you don't have to do that the fir- as the first thing you oh, do. Oh, no, I no, mean, absolutely the- not. You got to grow up to that. You got to, yeah, there yeah, are yeah. steps you got to hit. You got to be able to get people to come to a skeptics in the pub first. Yeah. My gosh. Right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's lots of areas that you got to go through to get there. But I think that's what we should be doing is building our groups to being doing skeptic camps because that grows our community. It, each mm. person who speaks at a skeptic camp is usually a local and helps them grow. Perfect. Uh, but there is something else that you are involved with recently. Really? What yeah, is that? because this is just what she does on, on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> so what do you do on, you have on, more on projects. Thursdays? Yeah. <laughs> on Thursdays? No. Which which project are you talking about? Because I've got several. I've well, got, let's oh, start I'm... with the YouTube channel. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So I started a YouTube channel back in March of 2022. 
three? Is that what year we're in right now? Uh, well, then yes. most of us saw that, yes. Yeah, okay, 2023. <laughs> <clears throat> what I decided is I love analyzing mediumship readings, you know, people who claim to be able to speak to the dead. We call them grief vampires. So yes. I absolutely adore that world. It's so fascinating to me. The sitter, from the experience of the sitter or from the experience of the medium, I find it all really interesting. And what I thought was missing is that people were, you know, there's books on cold reading and, and things that explain it. But I think that the skeptic community has been kind of flippant about how we approach the mediumship world. You've got mm -hmm. the experience of the sitter who thinks it was a fabulous sitting and that there's no way the person could possibly have known all the information that the medium, you know, came up with. And then you've got the experience of the skeptic who's just like going poo-pooing the whole thing. Oh, yeah, that's a bunch of BS. And, you mm -hmm. know, and they treat you like an idiot. You know, they're like, oh, how could you be so stupid to have fallen for that? You know, that's the attitude from a lot of the skeptic community. And I, we're just assholes. Mm -hmm. Can I say assholes <laughs> on your program? Yes, yeah, you can. Yes. We have an okay, explicit tag just okay. because of you. Well, I feel like I fulfilled. <laughs> I can cross it off my list of things today. So um, what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to explain mediumship by actually breaking down readings and audio and video and on my channel. And some of the videos I'm using are doing are like one minute or less and some are like an hour long and I'm interviewing people and I'm just going through it in depth but there's so many tricks to make it look like it's real and I think that most people just aren't even realizing how tricky they are and so I'm really going into great depth. Um, I think I'm going to film a video today on coincidences. It's odd but people in the mediumship actually have coincidences where the sitter who's motivated to get a really good reading how do i say this they they grab at it like for example a woman who's giving a reading this is what i think i'm going to do a video on uh, she says oh there was this car accident and they've you know they've agreed there was a car accident and somebody died in a car accident and the medium says it was really windy and the sitter says oh that's weird because my parents live on windy lane and that was only a couple miles away from the accident. Ah, and the medium's like... Playing right to the hand of the... Whoa, yeah. That, That's I think what I mean. Have something to do. Yeah, and uh. then they just, you know, reverse and say that was what's going on. Because the medium was clearly going with that it was windy and something distracted the person, I think, hit the windshield of the car. And that was why they had an accident going around a curve. I don't know. But it was... Just the mention of the word windy and the sitter is off in a whole different direction has hit on it because our brains want to make, you know, we're pattern recognition humans. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. so I want to, I want to do a video talking about just co how coincidence pay, plays into that. Because if you interview the sitter later, the sitter is going to go, the medium even knew what street my parents lived on. Yeah. Yeah. Which right. isn't true, but. That's, that's what how they remember. You, that's what you remember. That's how it felt. Right. So that's a coincidence. And it, anyway, so that's what I've been doing. It's called Psychics Explained. And that's what my YouTube channel is, Psychics Explained. And it's just me talking about mediumship in great depth, just like I did right there. See, you guys got a preview of what's going to be upcoming on my channel. But I really would appreciate it if people would come over and like it and share it and, and yeah. give me comments. Oh, my gosh. I love hearing it. That's it. It's like it's explained, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have you have you had any had any pushback yet from believers on this 
this oh, specific project. Yeah, constant. Yeah, I yeah. call it "How dare you, community?" Ah. Yeah, how dare you, community? These people yeah. are just trying to trying to help us out. They're just trying to you know give hope, and you're you're just an evil Karen car- t- ripping people apart and taking taking hope away from people. You evil person. I, I usually just respond saying, "I don't know why you would." be okay with people lying to vulnerable people and besides my name is susan not karen so you're an idiot (laughs) get off my channel as i say you know like get off my lawn i say get off my channel (laughs) yeah i get a lot of flack absolutely Yeah. yeah yeah but oh well i'm not doing it for people who are in the rabbit hole of believers that is not my approach my approach is for people who are questioning you know, they've had a reading and they didn't quite understand, set off some red flags and they start looking. And those are the people who come to my channel. Almost everybody who's there are finding it from YouTube searches. I have almost no skeptic. Um, as far as a percentage, it's like 10% people who are skeptics. I mean, like us. And then mm-hmm. 90% of people who just stumble across the videos and are like, What? I had no idea. Oh my gosh. I've binge watched all your videos this week. And it's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea they were doing that. And now it makes sense. So I've had quite a few people who've come over and said that they were starting to question, but they didn't really understand how the tricks were done. But now that I'm showing them how it's done, they can see it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the people them. you can reach. You can't really yes. reach the true believers. It's no. very, very hard. It's too late. It is absolutely too late to deal with those kind of people. And I find that all the time where people Mm -hmm. will say, my brother is really in, you know, he's at lizard people territory and uh, Mm -hmm. the royalty is, um, you know, killing babies and stuff like that. And so they'll say, Susan, can you send me a link or a video or an article that I can send to my brother that will change his mind? And I say, it's too late, too Mm -hmm. late. You got to get them before they fall into that rabbit hole. I think so. You have to inoculate them against you inoculate the them. virus. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You can't dig them out until they're ready to dig themselves out. It yeah. ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, of course they can come out of the rabbit hole. It's possible, but not likely. All right. So anything else? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you guys, you really need to get to these conferences if you can. If you can't go yourself, try to help other people go, you know, maybe help with the scholarship. QED's coming up in, in Manchester. I'm so jealous that you guys are going to go. I have not been invited to go, so they didn't invite me as a speaker. I'm still available if somebody had my... I just got my passport renewed, but um, we are sending two people from GSOW helping them out with scholarships. So at least two of our people are going to be attending that. That's great. So you've got uh, George Soros behind you. That's, oh, that's, my gosh. That's only, important to mention. You know what, Andras? Yeah. I didn't know who George Soros was until you mentioned him because he's one of your Hungarian friends. Yeah, yeah. As I if, didn't know he was. As if. N- if, now I hear him mentioned let, all over. Let me just say it out loud. If George Soros is listening to this, please, Uncle George, Everyone, <laughs> everyone in this country already thinks of us skeptics as your poodles. So please make us so. I mean, <laughs> if you finance our efforts, we would not need to do anything else but our skeptical activism. And it would be great. <laughs> I would gladly leave my job behind 
and focus on my skeptical activism on a daily basis. I Now, because of my job, I can't even do my contribution to this show properly. So it's, and, and it frustrates me big time. So please finance my efforts and then I'll be, <laughs> I'll be in, your, in your debt forever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, George, if you're listening. So, you know, <laughs> I, and, and I agree that we, we need to have um, financing. But um, in a way, I kind of like that we don't have financing because yeah, I think our community needs to start stepping up. And it's not that hard. If you go to, if you're in a church, the money is just rolling over itself. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, there's tons. And we're not even asking for a half of a percent of what but they're getting. I, I have to mention something here. We are trying to recruit younger generation, the people, the people who are very energetic, who, who are ready to go for it and do it. But those are the ones who are struggling to make ends meet and build up mm-hmm. their own financial background and get proper housing, bring up their children, get their cars fixed when they have to, to be maintained and all that. And that requires a lot of financial effort. And that's an important problem, I think, that we need to address in some way internationally. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we can address it. We can look at the problems. People say the only people who attend conferences are these old white men, right? Hmm. And it's because they've got money. Yeah. You know, they've got retirement, they've got time saved, you know, if they got or they got vacation days, they've got the the income, they're not taking care of small children at home. Yeah. You know, they're not taking care of their family members because, you know, they're now the person who's about to be taken care of. <laughs> you know, so so there's that. We need to find and recruit more people to be able to go and do these things yeah. because they have all sorts of approaches that are important to us. We need to hear. We want to hear from from young mothers who are who have um, are dealing with woo and pressures and not vaccinating your children or forcing them to homeschool their kids. I don't That's know. That's what I talked about at SkipCon, actually. Exactly. Yes, you did. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we need those voices out there, and so helping to support through scholarships or whatever we can, or micropayments, you know, donating to a podcast like yourselves, that all helps. The money's there. The money is in our community. We're just not doing it. They're just not donating. And it's a problem. And I think we need to guilt people into it a little bit because, (laughs) my gosh, I was just looking at a channel and some guy who was creating designer jeans and he's got like 500,000 views and a huge Patreon. I mean, of course, people are, there's money to be spent, mm. but they're not spending it in our community. Yeah, go to patreon.com slash DESP. See what you can do. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if you're George Soros. <laughs> Micropayments are, are encouraged. I mean, my goodness, two or three dollars a month. You can't even come up with that. Come mm. on, you guys. Help us yeah. out. Hey, Susan, mm-hmm. I hear you are giving a few speeches as well. What's coming up? Oh, you know, well, it's not European, but, you know, because Europe has just ignored me and I can't come over there. I haven't even done a talk for either. (laughs) So I'm going back to Australia and New Zealand. But Australia and New Zealand is part of Europe now. We haven't made sure that it is. They're part of Eurovision Song Contest. (laughs) Yeah, when we went there last year, we made sure to annex them or whatever the term is. Oh, I don't know. So I'm going to be speaking to the New Zealand skeptics Mm -hmm. in um, what would consider my Thanksgiving here in America, late uh, November. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give a talk. I haven't got it all written, but it's working in my brain about all the wonderful things that the New Zealand skeptics have done to help me out with my psychic stings. They've, they've been involved in two of my psychic stings. Very important parts of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about how awesome they are. So this is in person, right? Oh, yeah, in person, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, we're going to get back together again. I'm dying to get over to New Zealand again. And then I'm going to fly over to Melbourne in Australia. And I'm going to be giving a talk at the Skeptic Conference over there. And in my brain, I'm writing a, I'm writing another lecture. So it'll be a different lecture. And it's going to be about stepping up the importance of becoming involved. And, and I'm going to use the example of Harriet Hall. Mm. because she's yeah. one of our skeptical heroes yeah. and she died recently yeah. and the, and she was a friend of mine and the thing about Harriet was that she was retired you know she was she didn't she'd already had a full life of giving back to the community and doing things and she somebody said suggested she write a article for a medical journal on some nonsense that she had read and then she found out she was a, a writer she that wasn't her skill she was a doctor Next thing you know, she stepped up and she kept stepping up right till her death. I mean, she was, she, her husband found on her desk ideas that she was going to write for the next um, article for science-based medicine or skeptical inquiry. She was already thinking about what she was going to do. She, she was prolific and she did a lot of great things for the GSOW project. She wrote articles for, on medical nonsense stuff that we were able to add to a Wikipedia page, but nobody else had written the article. So... She looked into it and allowed us to be able to put that onto Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So I'll be doing that. So I'm going to talk to the Australians and the New Zealand skeptics. And Fantastic. I guess I'll continue to be ignored by the European skeptics. Yeah. I'm just so sad. <laughs> so I'm, you, I'm you, so sad. At least you got to be on the European skeptics podcast. That must well, come for something. This, is, this yeah. is the highlight. My gosh. I, I am. <laughs> except I can't get over there. You know, I'd like to come over and do another tour. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, she's going to drive me around. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm going to go to different places. I want to go back to Bulgaria. Sofia was wonderful. I loved that place. The people there were so amazing. The skeptics. Mm-hmm. I have no Bulgarian editors. How do I have no Bulgarian editors? Mm-hmm. Oh well, Petko, are you listening? You should do, get on it. <laughs> I think it. Yeah, there's so much work to be done. Yeah, and right. um, I want to help. When mm-hmm. was it you were in the, the European tour? Was that in? 2017, 2017, 2017, right? Yeah. Because you were here in Malmo as well. And, and, yeah, I sure uh, was. That was so much fun. Oh, what a yeah. beautiful country. Just mm-hmm. incredible. And mm-hmm. Norway, mm-hmm. Sweden, Switzerland. Oh, I'm not Switzerland. You, you, were, you were in Switzerland as well. Oh, yeah, I was in Switzerland. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah. I was. Yeah. It was just incredible. And all the way down to Italy, I believe, right? Yeah. And, and, then I and to- Slovenia and Hungary. Huh? Yeah, yeah, we had yeah. lunch in Slovenia with some Slovenian yeah. skeptics. Yep. And then I went to Hungary, and then I went to Bulgaria, and then I went to Spain. Oh my gosh, you guys! Good times. There's some, there's some awesome people out there. <laughs> Just incredible talent within our community. And we should get back together after COVID. We got even more fragmented in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the online presence is there. And but yeah, you, you're quite right in saying that we need to get back together in person. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. go out and and you're doing your tour stuff, you know, your real job, mm. you ask, is there people who would like to meet up? And once in a while, you have people who meet up, right? Exactly. You get to exactly. have a beer with somebody or coffee or something with somebody in some foreign place that you would normally wouldn't think they were skeptics. And it's it's like a 
a jolt, you know, right? Yeah, that has been known to happen. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot really offer talks when I'm on tour because because no. anything can come up. So I, I would never put anyone in that situation that I they book me, they book the place, they do the ads and all that. And then I could, cannot show up because someone in my group just broke their leg. So it's, oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, if that happens, I need to, to care for them. And uh, and I cannot attend. Yeah, you're always so. on call when you're traveling. So I you am. can't. I yeah. am. Yeah. I am. I didn't know you could set a leg. That's pretty amazing. Add that to your talents. <laughs> no, I'm not. But I'm the I'm the person who who takes them to the hospital and yeah. deals with the situation. Don't so, take uh, medical advice from this podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and don't let Andras set your leg. Yeah, but I hear homeopathy is great for broken legs. <laughs> yes, yes, I can provide them with that definitely. Yeah, and Pontus mm. went to go and hang out with Claire in the chat. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like. You guys, I yeah, want to do that too. Okay. <laughs> we'll get you uh, into right. Europe. We'll make it I happen. Think, <laughs> I think we all understand the message. Understood. So <laughs> message received. <laughs> message received. Susan is not getting any attention by the European skeptics, except you guys. You guys have been awesome. Look, brand new passport. Brand new. I just got it. Yeah. Let's put it to good use. <laughs> all right. Susan, it's been a lot of fun talking to you again. It's been a blast. Yeah, we should, we should do this more often. Great to see you guys. I listen to your podcast every week, and I and I feels like I'm already talking to you. you guys. Don't hear me when I'm speaking to you. Oh, we I can am, hear I'm you. Speaking, we hear you. I'm speaking. I'm I'm answering you. And if you say something, I'll say you know I'll say something, and you guys just ignore me too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. It's great much. to see you guys. Yes. So take care. All the best, and wish you all the success with uh, with every project that you're involved with, and yeah, that you initiate. Thanks for everything that you do, and please join us again as soon as you can. Yeah, I'm going to mention that I'm so proud of you guys for going over to Australia and being the rock stars that you were. Oh, that it was, was awesome! So Thank you again we for that. I skeptics. followed that. It was, it was awesome. wonderful. And then Pontus got to go over to New Zealand. Uh, you should have done talks over there. Well, yeah, we did meet up with a lot of skeptical groups, but it was a lot of a little bit last minute, so it was more a social thing. But uh, it was great, and uh, we met with four, I think, four different skeptical groups, in New Zealand, mm -hmm. and they were all great. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic uh, experience. Yeah, I'm very proud of you guys. Just You've like it was in Australia. Ways. We met some wonderful people in Australia and we cannot be prouder of, of being there and more grateful to everyone for all that you, they, they took good they care of you guys. Absolutely. So you guys are going to have a great time in QED. And yep. I'm, mm -hmm. You guys are going to have some great interviews. I'm looking forward to which, who you're going to interview mm -hmm. and stuff and the things mm -hmm. you're going to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And the skeptic all camp right. you're going to go to. Thank you very much, Susan. Thank you, Susan. All right. Bye, Take good care bye everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take bye. care. Bye. <laughs> All right. This was a lot of fun. It's always fun to, to catch up with Susan. Well, <laughs> hopefully she gets a lot of invitations as a result of listening to this interview. <laughs> hope so, hope so. She is full of energy. She has always a thousand different projects on the go. And they're all very important and very well thought through and administered as well. I mean, she's a great organizer. Yeah. So uh, good to hear from her again. Yeah, very good at juggling. <laughs> but this week, this has been all that we had time for, except for one thing. We are leaving with a quote. 
Yes, and this quote, not really surprising, mm. is by Tina Turner, who was born Anna May Bullock, born on the 26th of November 1939 and died, as we already talked about, on May 24th of this year, 2023. She was an American-born Swiss singer. And this quote is part of a statement that she posted on Instagram on 9th of March, 2023, so this year, um, which was International World Kidney Awareness Day. And she said, My kidneys are victims of my not realizing that my high blood pressure should have been treated with conventional medicine. End quote. And not mm. homeopathy. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, it, it's terrible when people make make mistakes like this they go to something they think can work but it's very unusual and very fantastic when they then afterwards can admit that i was wrong yeah please don't make my mistake please stay off alternative medicine and go for the real thing she was brave enough to go out publicly and say yes i, I made wrong. a mistake yeah. please don't do that it takes a very strong personality yeah, to do that. Mm -hmm. But uh, she has a lot she of great stuff. She was simply the best. Yes, exactly. Aww. She was simply the best. And great stuff to remember her by. And we will, of course. But this has been all that we had time for this week. Thank you very much, Annika and Pontus. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And many thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Please keep doing so. And until next week, goodbye. Tschüss. Hello. Missed This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu, and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Um, what is it called? What is it called? Um, uh, when you, sorry, the when you you. you Sorry, I think you're breaking up. I don't know if it's you or no, no, no it's, me. It's, just... it's me. No, it's, it's me. It's me. It's not. It's it's not technically. He's no, breaking no, no, up no, no. in person. So he's breaking I'm up. Breaking up in person. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm Susan Gerbig. You're listening to the... no, that's wrong. Okay, I'm Susan Gerbig, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. Experience. Okay, so I gotta say experience. I didn't write the <laughs> But it's, Take it's golden material for the outtakes.
Oh yes, <laughs> okay. yeah, the outtakes okay, well, are always the best. Yeah, yeah, I, I like listening to the outtakes. We get to hear little Luna. I'm a gorgeous, gray-haired blonde woman. Gray-haired blonde <laughs> woman <laughs> lives in California, so you know I have this. I go out and suntan myself every day on the beach, and, and you know, Clint not exactly what I had in mind when I when I said briefly. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? We love okay, you, so yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, 